The Bloatbusters podcast is a proud member of the Pod Bros Network. You can find us, as well as other fine shows, such as That's Delightful, The Ectoplasm Show, and the Jean-Pod Van Damcast, over at podbros.com. Now, get ready to sit back and enjoy another episode of the Bloatbusters podcast. Tonight's story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. Police Today we are cancelling the apocalypse! Wait a minute, wait a minute, you ain't heard nothing yet. And uh, this is? Lilu Dallas Multipass. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Houston, we have a problem. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here, this is the war room. Now, where was I? Welcome to episode 80D of the Blokebusters podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Paul. And today, joining us, as you might have guessed, if we are talking about Black Mirror, it is a pop culture curator, friend of the pod, and honorary blokebuster, Kellyn Griffin. Hey guys, thanks for hanging in with me. <laughs> <laughs> Always our pleasure. Yes, Thank you. No yeah. <laughs> we, yes, you are essential for these episodes. Um, <laughs> of course. Uh, well, Paul, uh, before we get into all of that good stuff, where can uh, people find us online? Well, let's see. You can visit us on Twitter at Blokebusters, Instagram at Blokebusters, Facebook.com slash Blokebusters. You can email us blokebusterpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to blokebusters.webs.com or podbros.com and look for Blokebusters. Uh, those are our web presences as of right now. I don't know if uh, any more will pop up, but uh, that's what we got. Mm, sounds great. <laughs> I think that's enough. <laughs> and uh, Kelly, would you like to let people know where they can find you? I know we'll probably do it at the end, but... Uh... Uh, yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am uh, at Keltolene, uh, K-E-L-T-O-L-E-A-N. You can also find me, uh, we're coming back soon, on uh, Soiled Restroom Cinema Podcast. It's a very awesome podcast that you should be listening to if you're not already. Yes, you have a little bit of time um, to get caught up on that. So, <laughs> And timeless episodes. You can go listen to any of them. Yeah, they're still great. <laughs> All right. so that, that, That's a, a charitable way to put it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so last time we left off, when we were getting a little too uh, too long into the evening, we were discussing Crocodile, which I think we don't need to say any more on that one. Um, nope, yep, we pretty much covered that. Yeah, I think we covered that <laughs> one there. Let the yep. past die, literally. Please. Yeah. Uh, so that brings us to episode four of season four, uh, which is Hang the DJ. Yes, now, Hang the DJ. Yes. So, yes. Um, yeah. Not really sure what the title was referring to until, I, of course, like, the very I end. Do, but... but it's <laughs> stupid. It's okay. <laughs> so, any who this episode is somewhat trying to uh, kind of regain some of that San Junipero magic of season three and yeah. uh, with the maybe not as dark and awful <laughs> uh, tech, but essentially it's just uh, this dating program that pairs you up, and each relationship has an expiration date. You don't know how long that's going to be unless both parties choose to look at this expiration date. And uh, we have Frank and Amy as our uh, protagonists, and they soon begin to question if there's a greater meaning to the system's logic or what is actually going on in that in this universe. 
And again, it uh, it adds to the season's like uh, theme of choice and what constitutes like free will, mm-hmm. and and what, what role we're allowing technology to play, right? Like, yeah, how in, what, yeah, and our what technology does to our own like uh, personhood. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess like a good place to start is a general feelings. I think we I don't. We might it might have been off mic when we talked about this, but I know um, Paul. I guess let's start off with you here. What did you think of Hang the DJ? What did I think of Hang the DJ? Well, um, you know, I I feel like I was getting a bit of a consensus as to where you guys land on this, but I really enjoyed this episode. Um, I I really enjoyed the whole thing of you know something not quite right, but you're not actually focusing on that too much because I thought that the two main characters, Amy and Frank, were so well together that it was just fun to see them interacting with each other and where that was going. And uh, we'll get to the ending as well, but I do think that despite this being an overall positive episode, there is a little bit of uh, sort of pessimistic or down a way you could view the ending that uh, popped into my oh, head absolutely. the second I saw it. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, it's obviously with Black Mirror, no episode <laughs> is going to be completely positive. Um, but, and I agree, uh, I was so uh, engrossed in their the two leads' chemistry Amy and Frank that I was more concerned about how and if they would find their way back to each other than to notice at least on first viewing like you know what what something's not right it was like I knew something wasn't right about this world they were living in because I did wonder do they have jobs why do they just live in a house um but I didn't know if that was like some weird dystopian future or what was going on, but I was so concerned about whether they would find their way back to each other to worry about that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I was very much in the same way. Um, this is one of those episodes that I initially loved. I still really like the episode, but it's one of those, I, I think I've seen it three times now. The, the luster wears off quickly for me. Mm-hmm. And um I was like, oh, yeah, another Sandra Napero. No, no, it is not. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to make that clear. Um, otherwise known as at least one of the top two best episodes of Black Mirror. <laughs> we yes. can put it that way. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, um, I was also captivated by the chemistry between Amy and Frank. And it's just, it just uh, I don't know, it's a testament to the these actors' abilities and, like, the writing it, it, it just seems so effortlessly charming and yeah i was also taken with that and not focusing on probably things i should have been focusing on on subsequent viewings um but overall i i mean i still really enjoy this episode um it's probably second or third favorite out of the uh, out of the six here um well and it was also uh it was directed by uh Tim Van Patten. TVP, yes. <laughs> yes, who directed the... Uh, he also, he directed a lot of Sopranos episodes, but he also directed the very first episode of Game of Thrones. Was it, was it first two? 
or just oh, the, well, yeah, but I mean, like, that's a, yeah, the pilot, yeah, yeah that yeah, pilot is like the pilot of greatest pilot Thrones. ever, yeah. and also the son of Dick Van Patten. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you are my mom's age and listening, to this, <laughs> um, yeah, and um, the wonderful uh miniseries The Pacific, too, which uh, if you're into war miniseries, well, it was basically awesome. the uh counterpart to Band of Brothers, yep, mm-hmm. um, but uh, basically, this also can be um, described as Black Mirror's version of Tinder. And you have this thing that actually looks a lot like a version of, like, the Amazon Alexa. I got my mom uh, an an Echo. I got my mom an Echo Spot, I think it's called. And it looks a lot, it looks like a handheld, what they're using in Hang the DJ looks a lot like an Echo Spot. Yeah. Or another thing I think of is, like, the smart thermometer, or, like, thermostats. Yeah. Oh, Do, the Nest you know? stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the Nest. Yeah. yeah, those kind of yeah, reminds me a lot of that stuff too. Yeah. Well, and again, it brings back to I think everybody has some sort of implant in them to gauge things. Uh-huh. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, they um they obviously don't seem to have it in this episode, but as we'll get to it, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. So Right. Exactly. Well, and also, um, you know, I thought it was interesting that okay, they meet in the same restaurant whenever they have they find like when the was it it's called like the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's okay. all we ever get, right? You must trust the system. Yeah. Um, yeah. you meet. You're supposed to meet your date in this one restaurant and order, or, or it's or, it orders for you, doesn't it? It knows what you would order. So yeah. by the time you sit down, it's coming to your table. Yeah, because um, Amy goes like, oh, I guess I'm a pasta girl. Yes, yes. <laughs> she is a pasta girl, yep. Um, and, it is about that pasta. Well, and it, like, you're expected to decide at the same time, like, to look at your system to see how long you're supposed to be together. Yeah, because yeah, that's supposedly the only way, yeah, that's the only way it can work. Right, but that, the weird thing is, yeah. no matter how long you're supposed, you're considered to be together, you're expected to go to this house and either have sex or just hold hands like Frank and Amy did the mm-hmm. first, and go from there. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's very yeah. It, I would not. I'm just very happy this is not my reality right now. Like, Can we just play Mario Kart for a while? For like a while? Yeah, it well, just kind of felt like a commune. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Well, and then there was like a, a large wall surrounding them. Like they were enclosed in some sort of space. And they had all these, like, it was like an automated smart car, or smart car that they all had yeah. to get to. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it, it seems a- like a very bizarre amusement park. Like a Tinder amusement park. Kind of. Yeah, I was, I was. Yeah, go ahead, Paul. Uh, I was just gonna say that what they did with the wall, I thought was really well done because it was never specifically a shot focusing on the wall. It was mm-hmm. just sometimes you could see it and you saw it was big, but you couldn't really see everything on it. So, yeah, they made it a background item. Yeah, you knew it was there, but you never focused on it. Except I think there is one bit where. Someone mentions the wall before yeah. they um, get towards the end when they talk about climbing it. And it is just kind of like, oh, yeah, there's a wall. And then straight yeah. back into the story. So the first time you're watching it, it's not necessarily something that you're too worried about. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But yeah, I, I feel like it would be interesting to see if they ever had a point where you could see a lot of the wall. Maybe it is a giant circle. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. But yeah, you, you only ever see a little bit of it. So. Well, and also, I when I was first like, okay, some th- this isn't making sense was when they would let them interact with people they had previously been matched with in real life. Like, if they were supposed to adhere to the system, why are you letting them interact with each other instead of staying with the people you're supposed to be with? Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah, um, like, it was yeah that the seems wedding. like you're interfering. Yeah, exactly. Like, why are you going to let them run into each other again? Well, I, I do think that that would probably be part of it because, yeah, if you're testing, and obviously we'll get to the end, this is a test to see whether or not they will get together in the end. Yeah. Uh, you, like you make it so that it's as relatively realistic as possible. You are going to run into people that you had relationships with uh, unless right. you move to another country or something. Uh, but it's going to go that way anyway. So that's clearly built in so that if they are feeling something for each other and they're in other relationships, but they're like, well, I'd rather go and be with this person. Like, that's still right. there mm-hmm. and possible. Yeah, but you felt like it was almost like some sort of like weird dystopian like selection thing. Like if the system decided you were not supposed to be that with that person, how dare you interact with that person? Yeah, and it I seemed guess, like it was. Go ahead, sorry. Well, no, and I guess like the first time watching it, like you maybe there are some stakes. Like, oh my gosh, are there going to be consequences to them going back to somebody who they've already expired have or had an expiration date with? Yeah, it's 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 an interesting episode because it has kind of two twists, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, one very quickly followed by the other, and uh, I'm not sure we can get into uh, this episode much more without just saying it. So obviously, people know. Yeah, oh, we're going to spoil it. Yeah. 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 Spoil yeah, so, the out of it. Yep. So obviously, at at the end, you find out once they decide to make the break for it, and everything in the world just stops. So they then go and climb the wall and then they just have that number floating over their head and there's many, many, many more of them with numbers around their heads and it's like, oh, these guys are simulations. Uh, yeah, they all, yeah, they all become like pixelated. Yeah. yeah they're and, they what is it the ninety eight or they're the They are I think what, they what had simulation were they? The nine hundred and ninety eight simulate yeah, simulation of that. Yeah. yeah. And so, but, so uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Every like all of them get digitized, and then it cuts to the real world, and you see. Also, this is all simulation to see if these people would match, and obviously it shows them the final number. Um, but the problem I had is the way that it seemed to have worked. I would argue that the simulations are pretty much bang on artificial intelligence at this point. Like they're fully realized people that are trying to get free, and it just turns out, nope, you're just going to be digitized at the end and erased, effectively. (laughs) Well, and that, again, that's the running theme of the season, is what constitutes a person. Yeah. And what rights does that person, in quotes, have um, to their consciousness or, yeah, um, their agency, if there is one, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, how much agency does code have or, like, technology (laughs) have? Like, I mean, we we are so, like, at this point in time, we're, like, all we think of in terms of uh, 
agency is like if they could make a full like android that looked like a human like something from westworld but there's other ways to do that and that's like making us think about that yeah like going back to like the movie her like you know that does that (laughs) scarjo have you know rights and feelings as an os you know yes um yeah well, and also, but, um, yeah. again, about this episode, if you love a montage, you will love this episode. Oh, <laughs> you always got to fade out in a montage. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because we get to see how they date other people. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And we get to meet Nicola, who is the best at being the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, like, what kind of system would make you stay with somebody who already started eating before you even got there? Mm-hmm. So you're the type of person that makes jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, ooh, this is going to be a fun year. Yeah. A year. Mm-hmm. In her, well, but like, I think coach... that's part oh, of the ahead. test, though. Mm-hmm. How, like, what type of person will stay with the worst person ever just because they're told to? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it it kind of makes you see it. The first time you watch this, it really did make you kind of think of it and be like, well, maybe they like, they had to go to Maybe they signed something that says, like, once you get in the system, like, that's it. You are in it until it's over, and then they'll get something at the end. Mm-hmm. They just haven't revealed Oh, absolutely. Now, I thought it was like a Tinder, like, commune. Mm-hmm. So are we feeling like, is the system mandatory or voluntary? I... Well, they made it seem like it was, this is one of the Black, Black Mirror's favorite things, like an irreversible agreement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, once you sign on the dotted line, you're, you're in it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the mafia. <laughs> the only, there's one way out, <laughs> and you're not going to like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now, the, also, one thing I didn't even think of until just now, so the... The Amy and Frank that we see are, as far as we're concerned, the last Amy and Frank that make it to the top of the wall. But there have been 997 other rebellious Amy and Franks. Have they just been waiting up there the entire time, waiting for this one to pan out? <laughs> yeah, I, I often wondered about the timeline of the simulations. And also, I wondered about the uh, other two Amy and Franks. I wanted to see that. Oh, the two that did not rebel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And does that entire simulation get digitized, or do they just like become background characters? Like, what? How does that work out in the thing? I, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that's why I didn't fall in love with this episode the way a lot of other people did was because there were a lot of plot holes in this. Like, I know there's plot holes in Black Mirror in general, but this <laughs> episode, I was like. Okay, I have so many questions. Like, this isn't just like a San Junipero thing where you're like, you have like maybe a handful of questions about was it really a happy ending? And I guess I I, I came out of this not feeling like I had any answers or real answers or satisfaction or closure to it. I can, yeah, I understand that. Um, I'm a little more forgiving with it. Um, uh, like I said, I thinking about it, I'd probably put it at my third favorite of uh, the season. Um, but I do kind of like uh, the way the episode ended with them essentially meeting for the first time 
um, kind of brought shades of one of my favorite uh, underdog movies, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, kind of mm-hmm. same idea where, you know, yeah. they're essentially rebooting this relationship. Um, I don't know. I liked it. Uh, didn't love it. Yeah, I mean, I... I mean, I liked it well enough. <laughs> is it a is it a rewatch for you, or you're good? Yeah, yeah, it's a rewatch, but it's not in my top five of all Black Mirror episodes. Gotcha. Definitely okay. not. One through four being hated in the nation. Got it. <laughs> oh come on, Brian! <laughs> Brian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we do still need to get your review of Hated in the Nation, there, Brian. Maybe we'll get it in. Oh the end yeah. Of the yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, Brian. <laughs> I'll, I'll get, why don't Why don't you tell him about exactly how you felt about that when you finally watched it? Utter garbage. The worst thing I ever. <laughs> oh, fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, it's it's the best episode of Black Mirror ever. I don't know if that got caught on mic, but I hope not. Okay. Uh, uh, I basically caught episode of Black Mirror ever. So. Uh, okay, so we don't know what I thought about it. Okay, great. Yeah. The best. Okay. <laughs> well, there, there's, really, there's really only two ways that could go. So. <laughs> uh, it might involve me eating some crow, that's all. Uh, yeah. Okay. Or some. Touche. You stung me good there. All right. Uh, uh, right. So, are we ready to move on from Hang the DJ? Well, I I was just gonna say. Like, Any closing we, thoughts? Obviously, we mentioned them at the beginning, but yeah, Joe Cole and Georgina Campbell. Uh, I think some of the best acting in this season for me oh, so came from in those the two. chemistry. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, we'll get to I think a better pairing of acting uh, here, but yeah, very very good. Uh, well, but maybe, but the chemistry between these yes, two. Yes, the like, chemistry was yeah, that, Like, Black the Bear choice. isn't necessarily a, like a show known for their, like, like romantic. Well, I mean, yeah, we have Sandy yeah. DePero, but mm-hmm. yeah, they had such an easy and believable and fantastic chemistry. It made you want to see them be in other shows. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, and and uh, anyone that enjoys, uh, was it Frank Cole? Um, if you're a Peaky Blinders fan, he's John Shelby, and he's great in that too. Yeah, go, good old Joe Cole there. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I still need to get started on season four of Peaky Blinders. I know. I know Same. Yeah, I've been, so I've been putting it off. Mm-hmm. Joe Cole. Like what I call him, Frank. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, any know. closing thoughts? Are we ready to go on to? The episode that shall not be named. <laughs> well, we've kind of, kind of had to name it. I know. <laughs> we'll say it once, but don't say it three times because we don't want that piece of shit to appear. All right. So, it's not a piece of again, like I said last episode, I wish it had the screen time of Beetlejuice. Okay. okay. So, the worst episode of Black Mirror is still a decent episode. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it's better than Shut Up and Dance, I guess. Uh, or well, no, yeah, maybe not. Nope, Shark no, is better. Oh, it is. Is it okay? Yeah, <laughs> I was like back and forth on that. I'm like, yeah, show up and dance is awful. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so anyway, this is Metalhead. Um, yeah. This is essentially a um, gigantic metal stink bug. Um, mm-hmm. Who? Yeah, I don't know if anyone saw it, but I thought I looked at it. I'm like, yeah, this reminds me of something. And I'm like, oh, it's a stink bug. Yeah, huh. but stink <laughs> bugs are more fun. Um, so, <laughs> that being said, this is a, a black and white episode. Um, Colleen, I think, uh, was this 
what was this supposed to originally be? I thought originally it was supposed yeah. to contain no dialogue. No dialogue. That was it. Yeah. Like not necessarily completely silent, but no dialogue. So yeah, just uh, yeah, fully work. And, so yeah, as bad music. as like anybody who has a problem with this, it could have been so much. Like I mean, okay, it could have worked as a better. silent <laughs> episode, but I don't. Again, it's like crocodile. Like you got to give me more to go on. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think that it would have been better if, like, so there'd been no dialogue whatsoever, and maybe you could see the characters kind of talking to each other, but you can't hear it. And yeah. Then it, and then like you can hear the the little dog robot creatures running around, and and you can hear them running around, but you, you can't hear the dialogue at all. And then it's only when Golden Brown starts playing that you realize. Oh, they're specifically not talking. Like I, I yeah. feel like that would have been a better way to go with it because then it's like, oh, this is what these guys are going through now. Like they're they they've taught each other to read lips so they can communicate. Like I think that that would have kind of set the world a, a little bit better. Obviously, you kind of understand what the world is like to a degree, but with them talking as much as they did at the beginning, I felt like they weren't that worried even though they should have been. Like, it was a bit of a weird opening, I thought. Yeah, well, uh, basically, this is a post-apocalyptic story, and it's about a group of people on a mission to fulfill... They call it a promise. They made to the main woman's... who's called Bella, his uh, sister. And they're trying to, like, find a way to, like, get to a warehouse to break in... And uh, find an object that's supposed to, like, help... Um, Ease the pain of someone who's yeah, dying. Like, uh, or, yeah, like, uh, which I assume is, like, her nephew. Like, yeah. like who's dying. Yeah. Who, it, whose name's Jack. Yeah, and it's... When they're talking at the beginning, it feels like they're talking about her sister's husband. Or something mm-hmm. like that. Because, you know, you never... Oh, I thought it was a kid. I, I didn't. Yeah, it's, I thought. Yeah, I didn't. Well, I thought it was that. her son at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, for some too. Yeah, I thought it was hers, but then I, it felt. Yeah, I actually didn't really. end up hearing the ease the pain part. I just uh, heard like you know, I made a promise, and that, that someone called Jack is dying. Like I didn't hear that what they were getting was specifically helping them. Well, no, I, I I heard about like pain and like dying, like or something like that, like. I just assumed it had something to do with medicine. Yeah, and and I think that's why uh, some people, and obviously myself included, don't immediately think that it's for a child because it's it's the pronoun game. It's like yeah, it's yeah. Jack. Jack is dying, so yeah, we're looking for something to help. It's not you know my nephew dying. <laughs> it's kind of the opposite of the pronoun game, actually. It's uh, uh, you, you've got too many pronouns, and you need the actual qualifier to fully understand that it's clearly a kid. That but didn't after at, okay, so basically these are like robot, like Swiss Army terrorists. Um, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh, uh, after he like the dog kills like all of them except for her. Yeah. Didn't she run away and? Oh yeah, and whenever it like it shoots these darts, like these like like tracking. Darts they, they almost look like uh, remember like they almost look like uh, automatic like pencil lead. 
Um, oh, and they, yeah. Yeah, uh, and they put trackers into you. Well, it, it seemed like it basically just this thing that explodes and shoots the shrapnel in and every single piece of the shrapnel it can track. So, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it just needs to get you with one, yeah. But, but um, also, like, once all they were, like, all of them were killed and she ran off and she cut the tracker out of herself and she was on that, like, gorgeous, like, Scottish countryside or wherever they were. And the dog was, like, way far away. But she, she went on to that, like, her, you know, CB radio, walkie-talkie, whatever, and said something, like, she's like, uh, can I, you know, if I don't, if you don't hear me, whatever, I'm just recording this. The way she was talking about her message made me think that she wasn't trying to do something for an adult. Yeah. And yeah, it felt very, it, yeah, yeah, motherly or, but like, you yeah, know, very, but that's yeah. why I, I thought it was her kid. Mm-hmm. I did too. Um, are we sure? Yeah, it's not. Well, that, no, apparently. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Was... I thought that she was leaving the message for her family and her children, but I, I assumed that that her child isn't Jack. I assumed that she just has a child as well. Oh, that's a. That's an alternative. Yeah, that's a. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. Yeah, and and they find oh, and she um, oh, and the dog the quote-unquote dog but you're right it's more like an insect than a dog yeah I yeah I, I don't yeah so i don't yeah I'm, <laughs> i saw this episode once and uh, yeah um i don't know it was it was a nice premise and that, then it yeah. fell apart oh absolutely like so she climbs up in a tree and it's got yeah. one leg removed so it can't climb the tree she figures out that she can activate it it's uh, and cause it to die down because they're solar powered. But, yeah, and it seemed it seems like they only charge like when they're fully powered down for a while or something. Right. And so, so yeah, she makes it continually power back up and then power back down. And, and it felt to me like she'd been told about this. So this is yeah. something that someone had used before to get away. Yeah, it was like so, lore so, or like knowledge that was passed around. Yeah. Yeah. So, shouldn't this be something that they could use to defeat them? I mean, I want to know the humans behind this because obviously there's some human hand in what's going on right now. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I tried to but, think like where they would have come from, and the only thing I could think of that would kind of make sense, sort of. I mean, I know this is supposed to be kind of post-apocalyptic, but what would kind of make sense would be that these things were created probably for the army uh, so that they could kind of go out into the battlefield first and then uh, tag people and you know kill as many people as possible before the actual soldiers get there and then they probably were you know, they would have some kind of simulation that they would just sort of run when they weren't actually out in the field and then I don't know maybe mass EMP goes out knocks out all electricity and they reset to kill everyone. Like maybe well, that's where it leads to at this point. Like I I don't know. The I I did find myself making when I went back to think about it and tried to justify, okay, where like where does this come from? This episode only I think can work if you don't try and think what happened before it started. Yeah. It is just take exactly what you see 
and no questions. Yeah, yeah. So. take it at face value because, yeah, otherwise you're just going to be even uh, less happy with the results, <laughs> well, <laughs> if that's possible. But I, I think uh, actually a linked possibility is the company that created the synthetic bees in Hated the Nation could have been also doing uh, development on military weapons. Yeah, I mean, because we, yeah. we saw how that went. So, <laughs> yeah, I was. That's what. Yeah, kept distracting me too. I was trying to tie it into the Black Mirror universe, and I really felt no connection. Yeah, well, or it uh, could. I mean, it could be like a white bear situation. Who knows? Mm, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. But I don't really want to see any more of this world. Well, but the thing is, she <laughs> Unless goes, it's going to have a big to uh, like she finds like a you know a mansion or whatever like this like nice house where somebody who had killed himself for whatever reason and trying to find car keys so she could get away and go to find whatever she needs um i thought that like part of me like wondered i thought the house looked very similar to um the house in the entire history of you Hmm. I'm trying to remember that on or yeah. the the house that it, it, but oh, well, it's just the architecture was like very similar to uh, it. yeah, it did feel very much like that one. Think about so it, I yeah. thought that would be a very interesting like connection. That's a that good tie-in, yeah. That that would be the case, but so you know, and then we find we find out that these again these Swiss Army like cockroaches can like grab a knife and just. What did you guys think when you saw like that he just like grabbed the, the or it just like grabbed the knife and like <laughs> I mean it was hilarious and Do you know what I thought? I was like, fuck off was what I thought. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I was like, okay. I was like, okay. I was like, like you know what I thought actually and Paul uh, I mean I think oh Kelly and I think you're a future drama watcher too. Uh, is it Rodrigo or Rodrigo, the like stabby robot? Oh, no. there's always one the knife, everybody. Roberto. Roberto, yeah. Hey, yeah, he's like, I'm gonna stab I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. I've got to practice my stabbing. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, mm-hmm. Well, as soon as yeah. he did that. Not here for it. As soon as it did that, I was like, okay, can we just fucking get this over with? <laughs> it's not going to have. And then the twist at the end is supposed to be that they were getting a teddy bear. Mm-hmm. A yeah. white bear. Whatever. Yeah. But uh-huh. that doesn't like that's I'm just it, like that's that your it's Go like ahead. I wanna know how this shit happened. Unless you're gonna explain it somehow next season, mm-hmm. fuck off, Charlie Booker. Yeah, and make it interesting enough that I waiting to feel that other shoe drop or waiting to hear what the or see what the rest of this is. And I'm not pulled in enough into this particular part of the world. She I mean she was like, Oh, they're coming for me. Oh, she got uh that's right, she got hit again with all the trackers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she cut her own throat. But then we find out that it's not just an isolated dog roach. It's mm-hmm. um there's tons of them everywhere. But the thing yeah. is if there are tons of them everywhere, why didn't they track her before? Is it like Yeah one dog roach to one tracker uh yeah no, and then why is this reward worth the risk i don't get that at all i mean it's not uh, as bad as crocodile but it yeah. oh really this uh, you you uh 
think this is the second <laughs> worst episode. Well, no, Crocodile? I mean, Crocodile was horrible, but <laughs> I feel, I'm angrier at uh, Metalhead because for about the first 25 minutes, it made me feel like it was worth my time. Mm. Right. Yeah, and then just failed to deliver on everything. I mean, uh, Crocodile, possible. like, Crocodile yeah. presented itself as a piece of shit pretty early on. <laughs> You're like, this is what we it is. This is a piece yeah. of shit. Stay for the ride or don't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, everyone feel good on Metalhead? <laughs> yeah. And I by that, so. I mean, um, yep. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I'd mention, uh, you said you weren't sure where it was filmed. It was filmed largely in Devon and around London, is where they, uh, they did most oh, of Oh, that's stuff. right. Uh, and I mean, the amount of research I went into this, they, they actually used LiDAR scans to create the scenes that are shown from the dog's perspective, which is, uh, sort of like, um, light detection, yeah, light imaging, yeah. that sort of stuff. Like they use an actual LiDAR scan to go for their point of view, which I thought looked really good, but it was like, it, it was unfortunate that it was in this episode where... It just didn't seem didn't seem like there was enough there. Exactly. But I appreciated what they were trying to do, and I yes. enjoyed some of the shots and uh, the idea. But it felt like if they were just able to kind of pepper in, I don't know, maybe like five more minutes with some extra dialogue, like a line here or there, that helped give either backstory. Or... Just yes, yeah, exactly. two more minutes of world building, and that could have made the world of difference. Uh, well, and I, I know Black Mirror is not supposed to be about world building, but yeah, on, like then make <laughs> the story like more com- like so compelling that we don't care. Exactly, <laughs> and yeah, uh, <laughs> and speaking of Black Mirror, is not supposed to be about world building. How about we get into Black Museum? <laughs> okay. I just want to say one last thing. If you want to see something great by David Slade, who directed Metalhead, watch Hard Candy. Okay, that's all. Oh, oh yeah. I love it. No, it was beautifully directed and yeah. shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no fault of, yeah. Hard Candy is phenomenal. I yes, can, it is. I used Absolutely. to own that on DVD. So did mm-hmm. I. Yeah. I was uh, working. That was one of the first uh, films I ever threaded. So yeah, that was. Right. Yep. <laughs> All righty. So we've had a couple of starters. Now on to the main. Yes. Uh, on to the main and dessert. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Quite a lot uh, so yeah. in this one. So yeah, I've been taking the charger. Paul, why don't you uh, intro this one here? All what right. do we got coming up next? Uh. Well, very basic sort of setting. You have a woman whose name you find out is Nish. who kind of turns up in the middle of nowhere and there's this black museum. So she's like, well, I've got almost four hours until my car is finished charging because, you know, solar power in this world is that far along. So I may as well go check it out. And it's run by this guy called Rolo Haynes. And inside is all manner of... Criminal artifacts, shall we say. And uh, in this episode, we find out about three different things that have occurred. And we get to see the story behind each one. And we will definitely be going into each and every one of those. But uh, this episode, I would say, is kind of Black Mirror's love letter to Black Mirror, I think. Because there's just so much in this that just felt perfect black mirror to me on top of the fact that 
if you take the time to freeze frame. And there's even a line yeah. that Rolo says. Oh, I've, uh, I've got a whole list of shit. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Uh-huh. I took photos of uh, <laughs> a lot of the freeze frames, yeah. yeah. And then mm-hmm. there's even a line that Rolo says that says, if you take the time and look through this, there's so much, like, and it's basically a line that says, hey, freeze frame. Like, <laughs> pause this right now and look at it. Because, yeah. Okay, so. Well, what... can I say real quick? It was very interesting um, upon watching again. Nish, first of all, she goes up and looks at the AC unit. And. Um, what, what, one thing that I will bring up as well that I noticed, I watched this like four hours ago. So I, I noticed it again. But when she gets out of the car. And she looks over the Black Museum. There's a beat, and she just goes, "Mm-hmm." Yep. Like, and yep. that that was really cool. When I mm-hmm. <laughs> upon watching on the second time, but yeah. So she goes up, and she kind of walks around, and then she looks up at the sign. Is what we think on first viewing, but as you said, yeah, yeah definitely notices the AC. Well, and also, and we should mention that Nish is played by the. Phenomenal Letitia Wright, who played Yay. Sturdy <laughs> in, uh, in Black Panther, uh, Chichala's, uh sister, who's basically like the tech guru in that movie, which is very appropriate considering what we're going to be talking about in this movie. Absolutely. Or, yes. uh, so, so. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then when she went up to the doors and it had the op. Um, hours of operation and she pulled the door it was locked she seemed kind of like annoyed she started to walk away and then kind of turned around like she was going to wait and then the doors opened and you could see her kind of gasp like like yeah like okay and um okay do we bring up the end now i mean i think yeah people know yeah you you need to have seen the episode but yeah so i was trying to watch it on subsequent viewings with like what was her plan like was she playing this by or like how much did she know that she was going to do so i don't know we're like any thoughts on that like how well thought out her plan was um she clearly seriously thought this out but i think what happened with the kind of looking shocked is She's finally put the face to the person that she's yeah yes. monster yes. like this is the yes. monster yeah it literally like knocked the wind out of her mm-hmm. to see him yeah mm-hmm. like and, only uh, hearing these awful things and yeah now see having a face to put with it yeah and uh, I know I know I mentioned that I thoroughly enjoyed the Hang the TJ acting like I um, in terms of I think the best acting in the series i i could watch douglas hodge just do this for oh absolutely for oh but he was such a great character and Letitia wright gives it right back like it is blow for blow like it, it's beautiful to watch them interact yeah but that's why it annoys me that a lot of people like did not like for a lot of people this was like their least favorite episode of the season <sighs> Those people you don't need in your life, <laughs> and just ignore. I them. don't live in a bubble, okay? <laughs> yeah, maybe you should. I'm yeah. sure there's a Black Mirror technology that will allow you to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, right? It's called Facebook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, and from what we know afterwards, maybe it was her mother saying that's him. 
Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that was the thing. I was thinking that she was reacting to her mother reacting. Mm-hmm. But I, I do feel like even, I mean, even if you planned this, like if this had happened to you and you were like, I'm going to get revenge, like to see the person that you're planning on killing just walk out of the door and that's probably the first time you've really seen him. Like, I think that would hit you more than anything else. Like, you're like oh, this is, yeah. okay, I'm about to kill this man. Well, so, yeah. yeah, and it, like, honestly, she was expecting to be able to open the door and go in and see him. She didn't expect him to come out and see, like, be the one to emerge. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so the first story. Uh, yeah, let's breeze past this how one, do we, we? Yeah. <laughs> How do we feel about that? I can I tell you, I hate this my, story. That's my how I felt about it. If you want to hear that, well, is... no, I know. I want to hear how you felt felt about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was just saying this is the first episode of Black Mirror that my wife had seen any of because she didn't oh, have any interest in what? it, and I was watching this for this episode, and she kind of turned to me during this part and just said. I don't understand why you like this sort of. No, I, I I don't blame her because this was like awful. I, this I, was I, ter- yeah. I had to tell her that this, this is not vignette. what Black Mirror I, yeah. is. Like, no, this is, this is part of a Black Mirror episode. Yes, but mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't Black Mirror. Um, but yes, uh, she is not. Uh, I've also started watching Altered Carbon, and she is definitely not into that. Oh, uh, so, hey, how is that, by the way? I've been... Uh, yeah, it's mixed reviews, um, but I, yeah, how, how are you liking that, Paul? I am thoroughly enjoying it so far. Yeah? Yeah. I, oh, I'm awesome, really okay. It. And, like, obviously, having recently just seen Blade Runner, it feels like mm-hmm. it's got, you know, that sort of root to it, but it's very much... It's almost... It's almost kind of like Game of Thrones meets Blade Runner, sort of. If I had to oh, okay. describe, um, this, if I had to very quickly come up with a description of the show, which I just did. So yes, um, you did. Uh, <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. But yes, uh, I, I'm really enjoying it. So I would recommend. Okay, because so, I'm like still just waiting for three percent to get like season two to come out. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, <laughs> I need more three percent. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, this first little story is based on a short story written by Paul... Pendulet. Pendulet. Yeah. Uh, called The Pain Addict. Um, he, he wrote this in, like, the 80s. It had, uh, from what I read and saw, like, shopped it around for a long time with no takers. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, and, based, it's based mm-hmm. on experiences that he had uh, being yeah. ill in a Spanish hospital. And yeah. because he couldn't and, read the language, he couldn't get a diagnosis. So, yeah. So, yeah, his, his mind being his mind, he yeah, let it wander to this kind of place. Well, but... I don't know. This could be like Fifty Shades and Four. <laughs> well, could uh, be. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, yeah. he did. As I say, he tried to shop it around, but no one would pick it up because it was too dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, this, I don't know how much we want to talk about it. Essentially, it's this uh, doctor who Rolo is in neurotech and has this neural transmitter, whatever that well, every, will allow him to feel. Go ahead. Anytime somebody, okay, he, like, this guy has a very bad uh, mortality rate as a doctor. Oh, and mm-hmm. it's at San Juniper's 
uh, hospital. San yeah. Juniper's hospital. Yeah. Okay. Lots fine. of San Junipero Easter eggs in this, actually. Yeah. Um, but uh, this guy uh has a high like mortality rate as a doctor, and we're also talking about um how uh people who can't afford uh health insurance um they uh, submit to experimental treatments to get their health care paid for. And I'm like, don't give the GOP any ideas. Um, <laughs> yes. But, uh, so, but the thing is like, uh, so Rollo Haynes is this like creepy, like consultant with the tech department and comes to the doctor and said, Oh, I can solve your problems. Anytime somebody says an irreversible implant, Run. <laughs> Run. And it also involves like a hairnet. Yeah. <laughs> like a, a, light, a light, bright hairnet. It's a light, yeah. Yeah, a light, bright hairnet, yes. So uh, that way he's able to diagnose his patients like by feeling their pain, which there are so many like. Uh, like that doesn't make sense on so many levels. Thank you, thank you. Yes, yeah. Go like, ahead, but yeah, I thought no, everyone yeah. has a pain threshold. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I mean, and, there there's like cancer that's different depending on the person or and, whatever. Yeah, and how are you supposed to know what an abdominal pain is? What okay? I don't I don't buy into you've experienced it so many times. You know what it is. No, pain is can be generalized. That's why you need blood work and you need <laughs> a physical examination. And all, you know, yeah. Yeah, and then a senator gets rushed in, who like, and he can't figure it out, and then he dies with the senator. Yeah. So he experiences the death. Yeah. But yeah, but the thing is, like, how did he survive, and the uh, uh, Robert Daly uh, didn't? I'm assuming Robert Daly didn't survive. Because uh, I'm thinking, like, wouldn't that cause, like, a massive, like, stroke in your brain? Like, Yeah, if you're feeling everything, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that, I mean, the, obviously the get-around is that he experiences all of the sensation, but none of the physiological oh, stuff. So, like, yeah, yeah, but he, they, he but gets then, to... But then, yeah. yeah, but then they said, but he kind of did. Yeah, and I think obviously this is the point where you start going, okay, there's the one point where but, you really do need to really suspend the disbelief, and that I believe this is definitely it. <laughs> well, but even, like, but even like uh, Nish, like back in the Black Museum, says, okay, but, but she goes, you know, he's having a great time, he's experiencing male and female orgasms he's being a great doctor there's got to be a but yeah so apparently nish would be excellent at writing black mirror like, yes yeah. so you always got to add the but. Uh, yeah where does this all fall apart yeah <laughs> and then he somehow it becomes like whatever he went through with this death experiences attached to his pleasure center and now he's obsessed with feeling pain, and he like kills a patient in order to feel pleasure, and so they send him home. I, I don't think he kills the patient, but I think 
he just makes sure that he is connected to a patient that dies. Like he's just, that's what, he's no, that's what I mean. Like he he waited long enough to make sure she died, so yeah, therefore exactly. he killed her. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with you. Um, but then he goes home. Oh, and we see that there are there's a story on the on the TV mm-hmm. where um, a local news anchor is missing. Yeah, and uh, that was that was something that when I was watching it the first time, I actually forgot about that. By the time mm-hmm. we got to the last story, so yeah, I was really happy to rewatch it and go, oh, that was very nicely done. That they just kind of threw that in there and didn't really pay too much attention to it, and then they obviously brought it straight back at the end. So, Well, apparently, even if you pause it like and zoom in, there's stuff like um, decommissioning the Archangel project. Oh, yeah. That yeah. links into mm-hmm. past storylines. Um, but yeah, and then we see that uh, he breaks a glass. He gets so like agitated. He breaks a glass, yeah, of like bourbon or whatever, and he cuts his hand. And then he's like, "Oh, oh Jesus Christ!" Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. And then you see, okay, and I think this is mo- the most gruesome scene from Black Mirror ever. Oh like, God, it's that bathroom <laughs> scene. That was something out of a Darren Aronofsky like film. Um, Thank you. Like I, I got a strong stomach. I had to turn away. <laughs> like, nope, I'm good. Well, they mentioned like uh, Rolo mentions that he, since this guy was a doctor, he knew where to cut himself where it wouldn't be lethal. And yeah. I was so focused on him pulling out teeth that the sec it wasn't until the second time I watched it. He cut off his damn toes. Yep. Yeah. Now, and that that was when I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> oh, this, I'm done. <laughs> this was the one bit that I didn't rewatch because I was like, I'm just going to skip this bit because, yeah, my wife is watching with me and she doesn't. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> disgusting. It was awful. Uh-huh. So obviously we know where this is going. He's like, oh, but there was no fear involved. So I like he hunted down like a homeless man and took a drill to his head to kill him yeah to get off and he they said he was like coming when they arrested him blah 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 yeah yeah yada yada, yada. and i added the part about the boner yep okay yeah yep. I, the end i actually really liked that just <laughs> oh the boner part that was funny that was yeah, yeah. <laughs> cuz yeah uh, nis looks at him like what <laughs> yeah all right fine yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you've read this, but yeah, I'm sending uh, photos here. You saw, did see the uh, TCKR referenced in this uh, in this part of the episode? Oh no, he mentioned he works for TCKR. Yeah, and then it's yeah, um, yeah. visual, but yeah, that's uh, yeah the uh, for anyone not remembering uh, that is Sandy the uh, company. Yeah, that, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and um, okay, and then after that, it cuts back to. The present, while uh, Nish offers Hayne some water and see. Uh, oh, because he's so hot. He's like yeah. the damn conditioning. And so, if you actually watch it, she does kind of look at him like fan- fantastic acting from Nish, mm-hmm. and therefore fantastic acting from Leticia playing Nish. <laughs> um, but 
There is one bit, I don't know if you noticed, uh, I mean, you probably did. After he's had some of that, and then he starts to talk about the next bit, but he is kind of like, well, you know, I don't know how long you've got. And she says, well, you know, I've, I've got to wait for my car to recharge. And that's when she stares at her watch. So she knows mm-hmm. exactly what time it was. Yeah, yeah, I noticed yeah. that the next. Yeah, my second view. Yeah, I noticed it, yeah. That. and you know what? There's in the third story. There's something else. Um, I I need to bring up too. Right. Um, um, and yeah, but yeah. This, <laughs> so the second story uh, is where, and obviously this is for people that for some reason are listening to this but haven't seen the episode. But yes, uh, the second story is uh, a, a man named Jack and a woman named Carrie get together and uh, have themselves a little baby. And then Carrie is hit by possibly the worst computer effect in the series. Of that oh, I thought you were going to say worst driver. Yeah, well, that too. Like, why are you going that fast on a map that you don't see? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a pizza van. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, Maybe, 30 uh, minutes or less. They had to get to somewhere. It was, yeah, yeah, it was a pizza van. Yeah, it, <laughs> Really Avoid did, the noise. It really did feel kind of like almost a scary movie-esque. Like, oh no, she got hit by the van and then she just vanishes. She's gone off the side of the screen. It was like, oh, well, that the sec- second time I watched that, because yeah, I knew something was coming the first time I watched it and then she got hit and I was like, oh, and I was actually enjoying the story. But this time I was watching it to, to see all these things. And I saw the van hit and I was like, that feels like they needed an extra few hours of render to get that to look better. Uh, yeah, it, it was like when um, Regina George got mowed down by the um, school <laughs> uh, bus in Mean Girls. Yes. I, I'm going to assume that is a very apt... Uh, <laughs> it is. So you, may like, assu- okay. you may assume that, yes. Yeah, but also, <laughs> like, I, didn't, I didn't entirely feel sorry for her because it's like, look both ways before you take a fucking picture with your phone. Yeah, before you back out into a street. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And she, what, are we uh, kind of in agreement that she's sort of the worst? <laughs> like, she's I don't know. Greatest. She's not the greatest yeah, redeemable I, well, character. It it seemed to me, it was kind of weird, because uh, do they wear wedding rings or anything like that? When... I was thinking about that. I couldn't decide yeah. if they like. Not that it matters, but I couldn't decide if they were married or partners. Was that? Well, I, yeah, thing. I felt like it was more of a partner. Yeah, situation. so it, it feels like they are obviously together, and they. I don't know how much of it was that she got pregnant, and they were like, no, "We'll stay together." Like, obviously, they care for each other very much, and then they have the child. But there was like, I I sort of feel like if this had been people that have been in a relationship for like five years, like this wouldn't have worked this way. Like I feel like it would have, I mean, maybe oh, I think over that would time. Have been worse. I, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously none of us are ever going to know because this isn't going to happen. <laughs> um, I don't think. Well, I, I, want and I think it's like, like specific to each relationship, but like, I didn't want to be like promoting the like nagging bitch, but God, they did a good job of it. They yeah. they did, although I will say that I do feel like Jack kind of took <laughs> took her being out of critical or anything like that, and he kind of went from zero to 60 in his response to it. 
like, I mean, maybe there were many times it happened that we didn't see, and that was, like, they cut to his breaking point. Well, I thought, I thought they mentioned that he, she had been in a coma for, like, over a year. Yeah, because she was so surprised at how big Parker had gotten by the, yeah. Yeah, So it was a substantial amount of time. Yeah, but. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it was quite a large amount of time, but it was like, uh, she get put in his head, and obviously everything seemed to be okay. But it's like when they reach a point where she starts sort of doing the nagging, you can tell that almost from the second she starts nagging, his response is just "Well, fuck you." It's like, wow, where did that come from? And it's like, well, because they she's never like nag each other. Before? Things she's nagging about are like his personality and his biology. Like I'm not. I mean. Like I would, I never thought I'd be in this position to defend this, but like <laughs> she, it like this is why I feel like this procedure should require extensive, like modified couples counseling, because yeah. <laughs> she expects to have her own agency as well. She should, but it's still his body and his biology. Like he can't change all of his like instincts and mannerisms like in his like she has access to his subconscious his biological subconscious and like yeah that's really screwed up and unfair like yeah. i'm not saying she's wrong i'm just saying like again bad idea genes yeah <laughs> yeah like no matter how close you feel with someone or how trust or you know how much you can find in them or trust like you need you know what this that this little part kind of talk talks about is the privacy issue like you need your own time <laughs> alone well also uh, she even criticized the way he read yeah reading too slow yeah uh, never get used to how he pee or like yeah uh, at least we just saw the peeing part not the <laughs> well that's probably um, universal the other one yeah <laughs> gotcha <laughs> um yeah. yeah. Now, but yeah, no privacy for him, no agency for her. It was like a drag line from Rolo. Yeah. Well, and she's basically in the sunken place, but yeah. she's dressed like she's in a North Korean prison. Um, well, I mean, I, so- I obviously had, and Jim is perfectly intentional, like flashback to White Christmas. Because oh, absolutely. It, it's mm-hmm. exactly that space. It's just, obviously, since it's a prototype, it's just a chair. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the thing I but, found interesting is you never see anyone outside of that chair in this. Well, like, and all, yeah, and also, like, she can move from the waist up, but yeah. she can't walk around. Yeah. It's like, can you modify the code to let them walk around? I Like, that would solve so many problems. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Give them a little bit of sense that they have a slight bit of control over it. Yeah. Although I will say, okay, uh, and do you think Rolo gets off on the fact that he only gives them so much until they reach their breaking point? They come back to him, and then he goes, oh, well, I can give you this. Yeah, let me tell you about the premium package. Let me tell you about the platinum package. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, you could have told me about this before I signed on the dotted line. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it definitely seemed like he was almost toying with everyone in all of his experiments. Cause oh, he absolutely. Did the, the first one with the doctor, and he's just like, I can't just pull everyone off to figure out how to turn this off, you know? Like, yeah, just go home. It's like, 
I think he knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think he wanted to be yeah. famous that way, sort of. And so, really? in this respect, I think it's the same. Like, he's like, hmm, well, I, this could be interesting. Why don't we try this? And yeah, well, he decides that he's going to tell them to put put Carrie into he's, a Yeah, he's, he's very... Go ahead. Yeah, Sorry, Paul. Oh, no, I was just going to say, once he decides to put her into a monkey, he's just like, hey, you know, this should be cool. And obviously, the fantastic way that he uses the same line of she done her thinking how about you yeah the pressure mm. to... he, he's very good at telling people what they want to hear or knowing their weaknesses like or like or pressuring yeah like i will say jack seemed to be like he was he was pressured into all these decisions and rollo made it seem like the women in his life were pressuring him to do this like yeah whereas like he could have taken a step back. Like, I don't know. Like, one problem I did have with this segment was it painted the women in this situation as always being the villains. Yeah. Like, like, oh, they want this. They, like, don't care how. I want it now. Um, mm-hmm. Like, of course, of course his wife, like, understandably, is going to want a different option than being comatose. Of course... The woman who he has a relationship with is going to like push for a like something that's going to actually allow their relationship to thrive. But the thing is, like, she got into this relationship knowing that there was a really messed up situation with his ex-wife or ex-partner. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And could anyone else? Uh, like every time I've watched this episode, I think it's four times now. I cannot take the scene seriously. I know we're jumping ahead, but when she holds the, the monkey up against the door frame, like the wall, and gets in its face, I'm like, that's some acting there. So well, like, okay. yeah, but, like, I, but the thing is, they did a really good job at making uh, Carrie look like an asshole because I was actually kind of like, yeah, you tell her. She needs to let, she needs to let her husband go. <laughs> and yes. then I look back on it and I'm like oh god I'm a monster yeah, well, um, and the, um, the the thing I found just kind of stupid about that uh, the second time watching it is she literally goes around the corner and then just, just she's not yelling but she has she does raise her voice a little bit at the monkey there's no way they don't hear her Oh yeah, they're hearing everything that's going on there, which would really oh, mess the kid up. Oh yeah, and when she's getting it on with Jack about how like she just throws it out like in the hallway, like well, come well, on. Well, no, it's because it's um, he uh, Parker's running up the stairs and just kind of drops her on the floor, yeah. and she shuts the door, which I'm fairly certain has glass in it. So like, that's not actually going to do it. Yeah, that, I mean, that's like evil. Yeah. Mm. So I did have a question here because I know Parker's obviously very young, probably what, five, six? Kind of looks like, yeah. Five, yeah. But how much do we think that we weren't shown? Does Jack tell him about the situation? Like, well, I don't think he does knew. He, he ex- I mean, yeah, I don't go think ahead. he knew how bad it was. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he yeah explained it in the beginning, 
But when she got placed into that monkey, which, by the way, she was placed in a monkey that looked like it had been heavily used for about five years. Yeah, it, it was like a been on a Goodwill shelf for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah. get the feeling that it seemed like when he was explaining what the monkey was, it was as if Carrie was still in his head. But she could feel through the monkey. Like, that kind of felt like what he was saying was going to happen. Because at no point does he say, she's in there. He just says, oh, she can communicate with you through it. If you hug this, she'll feel it. But I know it as to what else has changed. So I don't think there's any point where he does actually explain to Parker that she's or, in the monkey. Or to carry. Yeah, but, yeah, but I mean... I mean, there's scenes where he's arguing in his own head with while Parker's witnessing, and later where he says, "You know, mommy loves you." You know, tell you know as a direct you know line reading from Carrie. Yeah. So I, I just wonder how much Parker understood. You know. Yeah, I mean, it it could just be one of those things that uh, obviously we'll never get the full thing because they're not going to go back to this story. But yeah, yeah, I, I feel like it's something that. They probably decided not to go further into, uh, if not because of the length of the episode, but just because it probably wouldn't have really added much. Yeah. And it might have broken up the pacing of it. Yeah, uh, I agree. Because, yeah, this, this episode, also, yeah. obviously, like, we've just talked about the first two stories here, and it feels like there's a lot in it, and there is, but I think the pacing of this episode is fantastic. Absolutely. So, uh, obviously, it ends the episode where you find out. Oh, and that part where you find out that the monkey that you're looking at in the Black Museum is Carrie. So mm-hmm. I, I I thought that was interesting. And yeah, uh... terrifying. Oh, yeah. And yes. And, yeah, and, 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 like... and Rolo's just she's... like, oh, yeah. So, well, because he said because of laws that the UN made, he wasn't allowed to delete her consciousness. I, um... I didn't think the UN had that kind of power. Right. Uh, agreed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they ha- they can heavily su- like suggest and punish people for not like following UN rights laws, but well, they, I mean, they, I feel like this would be a big deal. They probably did like uh, again, kind of devil's advocate thing here. Like, it would probably made something akin to a war crime. So, like, it, it's heavily illegal type thing. Yeah, um, but also like I feel like there would there would have been more of a debate about it because it would be like what it is it more cruel to allow them to still exist. Well, and the one thing I never understood about this episode is you can put the consciousness into this thing. Surely you can take it out. Exactly. Like, yeah. Move it, exactly. Move it into yeah. something that has <laughs> five or more uh, ways of expressing itself. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Put her into a Sims game or something. Yeah. Or put it, put her into San Junipero. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I so, thought about that, too. I thought about maybe she'll take her and try to get her extracted to San Junipero. Yeah, yeah. Her and, and her mom. mom. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. No. yeah, that <laughs> bothered me, too. Like, I was <laughs> really bothered. And yeah. so we get to Rolo's... Uh, Main attraction. Oh, yes. Behind the curtain. And he says, uh, warning, he's not who he, the man he used to be. Yes, mm. definitely not. Um, so this is Clayton. Clayton. Clay, um, 
and even though I watched this a little while ago, I can't, is it just Lee? Is that Lockheed? Clayton Lee, yeah. Clayton Lee, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he is slash was a convicted murderer. Of the uh, yes, uh, newscaster. Lee. Yes, and it's one of these things where I feel like they wanted to put together a little bit more, maybe in another episode, especially since mm. they're talking about how there was like DNA tampering and stuff like that. So it's like, clearly you built up a real backstory to this and you don't, like, you just don't have this in there, but it's like you've got more written down in a notebook that you're willing to show us. So I, Well, I actually felt like that wasn't a big issue because this, I, I feel like this storyline was created in the era of things like making a murderer (laughs) and uh those three guys um in that documentary who had been in jail for like 10 years and were convicted or like released after dna evidence i feel like with the all these true crime documentaries we've had um either exonerating or casting doubt on uh crimes that have happened maybe this was a reference to that Oh, probably. And uh, I I do know that uh, Charlie Brooker, when he made this series, he was well aware of what could happen going forward. uh, And he didn't want to create something that was entirely pessimistic, all doom and gloom, and he wanted there to be some kind of hope Mm -hmm. in this series. So I think having this person's backstory be like, well, he possibly didn't do it. And that's kind of dangling the carrot there. Well, I feel like, I really feel like he didn't do it. I feel like it too, yeah. I feel like it was an, an indictment on the criminal justice system. Yeah. 100%. Well, because, uh, think about it, like, okay, so Rollo Haynes got kicked out of his experimental tech treatment because of what he did with Carrie and the monkey. Mm-hmm. So, he... Started, he decided he would open up this crime museum and he wanted to do a like a Madame Tussaud. He he wanted to do consciousness, uh, take consciousnesses of celebrities. Um, by the way, who would you who do you think would do that? Who would say yes? Mm. Um, yeah, all of the like, celebrities okay, so that like, you don't after want they to see. die, he could take them and put them in a museum like a living Madame Tussauds. Um, who would sign up for it? Yeah. Oh. He wow. said he's like the re- and he said the reason I didn't is because red tape, attorneys, nobody wanted to agree, blah blah blah. <laughs> um, I immediately thought of uh, Lindsay Lohan and Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Nick Cage, one thousand percent. Also, <laughs> yes, Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. You guys oh have my god! Idea? Oh my god! I wish I had. I wish you had like prepped me with that because I need time to. Th- yeah. Oh, well, that's uh, right. It's a podcast. Like I, I sorry. Yep, I know. How oh, about the Kardashians? The Kardashians. I honestly, I feel like at least two of them. Oddly, I feel like they would. They're oddly like religious. They actually do go to church, mm-hmm. and I feel like hmm. they would. They wouldn't go there. I think OJ would. Oh God! Yeah. Are we mm. saying that this would just—it would just be his hologram down there, just being like, "I didn't do it." Didn't okay. do it. But yeah. if I did, yeah. this is how I do it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly how I did it. He would walk you through about how he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, you remember me in Naked Gun? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, no, that would actually just be it. He would just be in his, uh, <laughs> in his get-up from Naked Gun, just constantly doing that. Have yeah. you forgotten everything else yet? Okay, Naked Gun. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. So anyways, he figured out he couldn't do celebrities, so he was like, oh, I can do people on death row. And then he only does one. Well, but he went to, this is why I don't think Clayton did it. He went to see him in prison and he's like, and the, and Clayton goes, I hear you're from a tech company, you know, are you going to like analyze the DNA to help me like clear my name? And he goes, well, I could, but that's not why I'm here. Yeah. And that's what's so sick. He said, I could, but that's not yeah. why. I'm here. And also uh, what led me to his, what I believe is his innocence was how Nisha's performance when she is just adamant like what there was there were questions about you know the DNA there were questions about this you know there what about this and you know like she wholeheartedly felt that he was innocent well and also like he had no interest in talking to anybody unless they could help him clear his mm-hmm. name Exactly. And, yeah. and then he said, well, I can help provide for your family. And he goes, what do you mean? He goes, well, sign over your consciousness to me and I'll provi- provide for your family. And he goes, well, I'm still trying to get an appeal. He goes, well, if you get your appeal goes through, then no problem. But if the worst happens, and I hope it doesn't, um, yeah. Yeah, I... you'll have enough. you'll have enough money, like, You'll get the, he said, you'll get the lion's share of the profits. Yeah. You know, I was waiting for a line from Nish that I wish was in there about when she finally uh, reveals who she is, of like kind of leaning into him and just being like, and what happened to all that money? Because I feel like he would never have actually given the money away. Oh, no. I actually have a theory about that. I think the money, the money he gave to the family allowed Nish the education to learn the technology to seek to enact her revenge. I Um, love that. (laughs) He funded his own demise. I like it. Yes. Yes. That is the perfect comeuppance. Yeah. So I I, believe he actually gave them the money. I just think it came back to him in the best, worst way. Yeah, that, I I really like that. I just him as a person. I can see him not giving any money away and then being like, "Well, I didn't really make a profit, so you're not getting any money." I said you get some of the profits, but uh, well, I think I think she got the she got a lot of money until she started hearing about what's going on, yeah, and then went to see it for herself. Yeah, that, and then. How long ago do you think that was? Because I, I try and try to think about this. Because obviously she ended up putting her mother in her own head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, how long have they been planning this? I think he died probably about anywhere from four to eight years earlier. Yeah, I mean, this is obviously well planned because it's on Clayton's birthday. Yeah. That she shows up. So obviously, yeah, it's been very well planned. But yeah, I feel like it's been years in the making. Well, and I also wonder if uh, Nisha's mother 
um, left any kind of instructions to like, if I die, you have permission to upload me but, into your head. But she yeah. probably put the thing on her head before mm -hmm. taking the pills. Or like as she was dying. Like maybe Nish got it and yeah. attached it. Because yeah, no, obviously, obviously Nish was brilliant, technically. Yeah, well, I, I feel like the mother put the thing on her own head, like fully planning this out. Because obviously she didn't want to live like that, but she was planning on Nish. Yeah, I go, yeah, I go back and forth on that. Yeah, it, I mean, because it's very clear that Nish walked in to see her having already taken the pills. Yeah. So, like, and, and I'm still not sure exactly how it went from that to mum in the head. Um, right, so. right. Yeah. So, yeah, so basically we find out that Clayton, who is uh, basically, it's, what's disgusting is that you can make a hologram, like, consciousness of a person into, like, you can inflict brain damage on them. Yeah, I mean, he is effectively uh, the end of One Forever the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, well, Without um, too much away. <laughs> well, but the thing is, uh, I was surprised by that because I don't know. Um, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. Uh, but we find out that uh, oh, the thing that surprised me was um, with all this technology, they're still using the electric chair. I that yeah. struck me very deeply. Yeah, like as so archaic and yeah. Just did not feel right at all. And the the weirdest thing I thought as well was that uh, Clayton gets electrocuted with the thing still on his head. Like, wouldn't yeah. you have taken yeah. that up before the risk of being destroyed by the electricity? Yeah, I, and well, and the thing also the uh, basically the carbon copy. Well, not carbon copy, but like, well, yeah, carbon copy because humans are carbon. Um, yeah. Like, that you can copy somebody's consciousness in a moment of agony. Like, it feels like there's a whole other universe to be explored with that. That you can make a keychain of somebody, and they're actually reliving their, like, point of agony forever and ever and ever. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I was a little iffy on that myself, but... Yeah, it's kind I mean, of really difficult, because the question is... Because like, he says to this person, oh, like, it is their consciousness stuck in this one moment forever. So the question then becomes, like, well, is it a truly sentient like entity, or is it literally a snapshot of one moment printed on this thing? Like, he makes it seem like it is actually the consciousness, but I feel like he would tell anyone that would turn up for like yeah, an inspection that is like, well, no, this is, yeah, this is a copy. This isn't actually a right, person. Right. So, so it, I, I don't know how much you're supposed to take as him being like, look, this is cool to a new customer. Or is he actually telling the truth there? I mean, I, I don't have any reason to feel like he's lying at this point. Yeah, well, <laughs> so. I mean, the thing is, he has this tech, this med tech uh, knowledge, and also we know he has no moral compass, so no. I'm thinking what, like, he may have hacked together something. Maybe that was what's, uh, like, uh, that's what caused the protests, was the keychains. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, but 
Yeah, it was, um, and this episode had so many interesting questions that it throws up. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and again, it's one of the things that I really like about Black Mirror is it really makes you look at like humanity, where it's at, where it could go, and what should it do or what shouldn't it do. Because <laughs> I can see if this technology existed, I guarantee you this museum would exist at least one. Oh, absolutely! If not, not several around the world, because oh, the alt right hold fundraisers there. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> yeah. The, You'd uh, pay a bit more money and you'd get maybe 11 seconds of the switch rather than 10. Yeah, well, and the thing is, he like he was almost like, when he described how people were able, even before like he you know, allowed people to pull the switch for extra time, the way he described being allowing people to electrocute him, uh, Clayton, um, Rollo was so like nasty and passionate. He was almost like trembling with passion and it it made me wonder like why was he like so like passionately hateful toward this man yeah i i mean I <laughs> uh, the i mean yeah it's the I, I hate to do that i mean there, there's an obvious answer and i don't know if that's no i don't think it was, i don't i know i don't think it's racism i just think yeah. it's like there was a he had a weird fixation on wanting to punish this man. Uh-huh. I I feel like originally when he got the guy's consent, he didn't care if he was innocent or not. But I feel like as the time went on and as the protest started, he realized that the guy was actually innocent, and he's now stuck with the man that's probably innocent and trying to pay get people to pay to come and do this to him and so he i think he starts to resent sent him yes it's like a weird kind of resentment yeah Yeah. or i mean yeah or did he have a connection deeper than that i don't know um well yeah i feel like it's weird that like i almost wondered that they were gonna try to implicate that doctor in the murder Hmm. obviously not but um yeah i agree like there's some kind of weird resentment that he's stuck with him and he i mean obviously rollo haynes is an incredible like narcissist or borderline personality type oh yeah <laughs> yes very so much so. so but um i would like to see so we so we you know she poisons him like why would you take a stranger's water bottle and chug it my god because <laughs> yeah. uh, he's Depends on the situation, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's his own, like, facility. He could go yeah. find a water bottle. Well, I, I mm. feel like he's just so sure. Like, because he, he inspected it's the bag. the ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, why would anyone come and do something to him? Like, I, I think that's... I'm untu- yes, I'm, uh, I'm untouchable. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It's his ego. And he's not expecting the daughter of the man that he's been electrocuting for years to turn up. So, yeah, I, I think it really is just complete ignorance of what's going on and what could happen. Just... Kind of like a, a Robert Daly in the wormhole. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but... Uh, I would like an epilogue of this. I know she drives off with a keychain of Rollo Haynes being electrocuted. Um, 
and with her mom in her head, I would like an epilogue where she deposits her mother in San Junipero and then goes on like kind of a um, a more peaceful version of Kill Bill where she finds anybody who has a keychain of her father and makes sure oh, she destroys them. <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. So it's like I'm a Kill it. Bill. I'm, all, I'm here for like, it. It's like a kill bill, but she only kills keychains. <laughs> and, and everyone uh-huh. is actually like, oh, sure, okay. Like, yeah. No one actually is annoyed by it. It's just like, oh, okay, I didn't care. I, I, did, I did want to bring this up earlier. What do we think the arrangement she and her mother have? Because when Rolo was kind of talking about that second story with uh, Jack and Carrie, um He's like, it's enough to make you, and she finishes the sentence, go mental. I, I believe she does, at least. So what is the arrangement that she and her mom have? Like, does she have her on pause a lot? Probably, or, and I think she yeah. also has an arrangement with her mother that once she's found closure mm-hmm. for her father, yeah, like, she will let her go somehow. Mm-hmm. Or send her to San This Diego. isn't a long-term scenario. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think so. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, that I I also feel like she would have her on pause for most of the time because the mum would just be like, "Look, I don't need to see all this stuff. Just like turn yeah. back on when we're planning this. <laughs> to like we're good." I don't yeah. Have so I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's only so much a mother needs to know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, bring it back to Archangel, I think there's <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it uh, all comes full circle. Yes. Yeah. And uh yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. I think yeah. that's about it. Um, yeah. Any other uh Easter eggs we wanted to talk about or uh, I know there's like uh, this whole season is pretty much alluded to in this episode, but I mean I, then, I would just recommend yeah. anybody like there's so many it would take us another like half hour to go through them but mm-hmm. if you have any interest of it like either like hit me up on twitter or, or like mm-hmm. google like black mirror season four easter eggs because there are a ton and they're really fun so, yeah right. now yeah. I, there is one uh, sorry uh i did want to ask you kelly because i searched and searched and i painstakingly went over this episode last night for all of these easter eggs and the one i could not find was Yorkie and Kelly's dresses are supposedly in this episode. Did you see them? No, I I think I had heard about that, but I had not seen them. Okay, I really tried to find them, and I could not well, find them. I so if anyone has also, a screenshot out there, I yeah. would love to see it. Uh, I will yeah. say also, there's the um, bunk beds in the background that are very prominently displayed, and they don't line up to any episode that I can think of. Really? So I'm kind of wondering, are they going to be in next season? Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe. Seen, you saw the bunk beds with like some weird-looking mannequins. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and then I just sent a picture. Of the, Any of idea who is that hanging behind Nish? Yes, that is from um, the first episode of Black Mirror. That's from the National Anthem. It's recreating the suicide of the, uh, the guy, guy who orchestrated... Oh, God. Why didn't I not realize that? <laughs> oh, that, you're an idiot, yeah. Brian. Okay. Yep. And, and then, of course, you've got I was like, the who bathtub. Is that? 
Yeah, the yeah, bathtubs from, uh, from Crocodile. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, and yeah, also, uh, seeing the lollipop in the um, DNA code scanner um, from USS Callister, that, that's why I had all the questions of, like, why did they know to put the lollipop in there? They must have found out what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I assume, I mean, I assume that that information got out somehow. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, and then it was like, well, this guy was going to, oh, yeah, I'll just get that. Like, I also assumed that he managed to get a lot of this stuff out of police evidence somehow, because how does some of this stuff just get out there? Well, but um, Nanette had the lollipop. Yeah, exactly. True. So, so she took that. Uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be the lollipop, though, I suppose. Yeah, well, but maybe they called her to tell her why and what it was after they got out. Possibly. Like, maybe that after they got online, they called her up to say, this is what happened. Yeah, that that, that was, I think I mentioned it in the episode. That was the one thing that I was, like, wondering from that episode, which is, like, surely since they're online, like, eventually... Someone will run the into cops them. Are like, gonna, I like, know you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or, or the yeah, or the cops are going to seek them out to figure out what happened. Yeah, but yeah, uh, that is one thing with Black Mirror. It will always leave you with a few more questions than you had coming in, and, which uh, I think is absolutely. kind of the point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really do enjoy that. I I like a show that doesn't feel the need to have everything in a tidy little bow at the end of it. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because it breeds these conversations and uh, it makes things, that I think, more interesting on the whole. But... And the ones that are bearable to rewatch, it makes their <laughs> rewatching more satisfying. Exactly. Um, I did want to kind of gauge uh, everyone's react or like overall review of this season. How do you think it kind of stacks up to previous seasons? Um, anything along those lines? Okay. Um, well, I I personally think that this season is probably it's it's kind of difficult because my favorite episode of Black Mirror period is actually White Christmas, which is a Christmas special. So yeah. it's like, uh, but that's technically part of season two. Yeah, is that right? Um, or, or is that I, early I don't think season so, three? No, it actually is. No, it's season it's two a special. Yeah, but it's considered part of. It was released as part of season two. In the U.S. Because it's yeah one two three and then episode four yeah yeah two thousand thirteen is the first three episodes. Oh, that's interesting because in the U.K. Mm -hmm. it was a Christmas special. It's not. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. But but they normally like um, like here they normally just lump them on. But that's before Netflix bought the rights from BB or uh, from UK or from the channel that was originally broadcasting it. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So so I. I think that season four, for me, is probably on par with season two, mm. personally, because I enjoyed every episode in season two, and uh, I I enjoyed most of all the episodes of season four, because <laughs> I feel yeah. that way. So like I and I feel that season four was better overall than season three was. So, See, oh wow! Okay. Like, ju- just be- yeah, just because uh, like I obviously I loved Hayden Nation, San Junipero, Nosedive was fantastic. 
um, playtest was fairly good, uh, but Men Against Fire, I just I didn't like that episode when I watched that. And Shut Up and Dance, I really really liked the idea, but I I thought it was kind of slow, wasn't that Ooh. great. Like, so um, you're giving me a stomachache talking about that episode. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so so you know that. that that's kind of where I stand on this. So, uh, and even I enjoyed Metalhead uh, probably more than you guys did. Crocodile, I have huge issue with the ending, but as a, as an overall episode, I didn't mind it too much, and I really liked all the others. So, I I think for me, season four and season two are fairly equal standing, and then as I said, White Christmas is my favorite. So, okay, all so, right. What do you guys think then? Um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay, um, I feel very strongly that season three has been the best season so far. Um, it has two, um, the two best episodes of Black Mirror are in that season. Uh, very, <laughs> uh, let you be the judge of that. But if you listen to the, these podcasts, you can figure it out. Um, n- not play test and <laughs> not shut up and dance. <laughs> um, but... I mean, as like if we're looking at a whole there, I think it's a really strong, cohesive season. Season three is. Season four really seemed like it was full of peaks and valleys. A uh, lot of hits and misses for me. Okay. Um, so like the episodes I really, really like in season four, I do. And then I feel very strongly about the episodes I don't like in season four. <laughs> um, but season three, there's not a lot other than mostly Shut Up and Dance that I wouldn't rewatch. Uh, I I I don't know where to go from there, but I just feel like uh, yeah, like season three is the season to top. They came really close at moments here, and I don't even know if that's a goal. But um, I'm being unfair there. But I'm really interested to see what next season brings. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Like I'm even like even I think Kelly and maybe you said something along those lines. Like even a bad or average episode of black mirror is still a great episode of television uh so yeah i'm on board for wherever this goes but Kelly, um i have to say i uh, i um i initially i thought this season was kind of okay but then i revisited season three and i'm i have to be honest um there are two episodes i would swap out between season three and season four, I'm more likely to watch uh, rewatch season four than I am season three, and that surprised me. Um, really? I mean, th- I mean, there are the two episodes I will always rewatch in season three, um, and I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and say it: uh, yeah. Sanji Napero <laughs> and Hated in the Nation. I will always Absolutely. be up for a rewatch, but. As a whole, I'm more likely to rewatch episodes of season four than season three, and um, I mean, I basically from season one and two, I have like two episodes from season one and two episodes from season two that I will always like still rewatch. So, mm. I, I I like upon reflection, this is a really solid season that I is like consistently like you can go back and rewatch it yeah so and i and, and i'm again i'm excited to see what they're going to do with season five so, especially now that we have the confirmed shared universe did we talk about the song at all 
Uh, we mentioned it a bit that every okay. anybody anyone who knows what love is. Uh, I mean, it's the common any thread. There? Yeah. Any I, idea what that's leading to? I I almost don't want to make predictions about it. I yeah. Just, you just want to kind of be surprised like, and go. Along. I I I I hope that it has something to do. Like, that's going to pay off in an episode. That's what I'll say. It's got to have a bigger purpose. Yeah, otherwise, it would not be in the. That's what I'm not going to try to analyze it. I just hope that it's going to have a payoff. Exactly. And I hope it's justifiable. Yeah, and worthwhile. (laughs) Yeah, well, obviously, we'll come back and talk about it when it comes. All right. Well, we'll uh, talk to you next year. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And thank you so much, guys, for having me back. This has been a pleasure. Yes, oh, we will. <laughs> I'm not looking into the crystal ball too much, but there might be some Westworld podcasting coming up in the future. So, <laughs> if we yes. ever get a release date, if we, we ever do. get a release date, yes, I have watched the trailer ad nauseum. But, uh, yeah, that doesn't sworn, look like anything to me. Date, doesn't look like anything to me. No. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think uh, we've uh, <clears throat> occupied the good people's uh, time enough here. Any closing thoughts, anybody? Uh, uh, no, I, I think we should let the people go. I think yes. so, yes. I, I think agree. we should let the people decide for themselves. Absolutely. Yes. All because, right. you know what, have, like, celebrate your free will while you can before our robot overlords take over. Before we get shot up with trackers and have to kill ourselves. Yes, absolutely. Okay, I ain't on that. Yes, I, I for one, welcome our new insect overlords. Uh, (laughs) All right. Uh, Yes. So with all of that being said, (laughs) I've been Paul. I've been Brian. And I've been Kelly once again, and I thank you, Blockbusters, so much for having me. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. Bye, folks. Bye-bye. In case I don't see ya. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Hang on a minute, lads. I've got a great idea. Uh. Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.